So the season might be over for the Blue Jacket, but don't worry, there is still plenty to talk about. We have got exit interviews, we have got new signings already, and of course we have to talk about the game against Pittsburgh. All that and more on today's Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. I have returned to video after uh, suffering from some weird kind of plague, man flu, uh, non-COVID related illness uh, where I felt and looked horrendous. So I have uh, spared, I spared you from that this weekend, but I am back. I am, of course, your host, Jay Foster. And uh, thank you for making us your first listen or your first watch of the day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. There will never be a paywall for any of the Locked On shows. So make sure you hit subscribe uh, on your favorite podcast app, on YouTube, wherever you watch or listen to my show and uh, also any other shows because all of the Locked On shows are wonderful. Mine is probably, you know, your favorite, I'd like to think, but uh, everyone else is pretty good as well. So today we've got a bunch to talk about, actually. Uh, We're going to take a quick rundown of the uh, no good, very bad, horrible Pittsburgh game and pick out some of the good in that. And uh, we are going to talk a little bit about some of the exit interviews from some players, some from the coach, from the GM, uh, just a a handful of uh, things that happened there. And we also have a new boy, a new son. Uh, Kirill Marchenko has made his uh, trip over to North America. He will be in the Blue Jackets organization next season. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about him as well. And hopefully later this week, I will talk to uh, someone that knows him much better than I do. And we'll do a proper rundown on what Blue Jackets fans can expect from Kirill Marchenko. But we'll give you the basics today just to, so you can get as excited as I am. But first, let's talk about game. Well, first, uh, before we do anything else, I have to tell you that this episode is sponsored by BetOnline. BetOnline has become covered more this season than uh, ever before. They've got more props, odds, and lines, especially going into the playoffs. BetOnline is where the game starts, and it's where you want to be for all of your sports betting this playoff season. So uh, with that out of the way, let's talk Blue Jackets and Penguins. Um, you know, we did a little bit of a preview on Thursday's episode where we talked about how terrible everything is, and you know, it's bad. It's been a bad. It's been a rough year to play the Penguins. Uh, they managed to complete the sweep. They won all five games. Uh, they scored five goals in three of those games, including this one. But uh, I don't think the game was as bad as expected. Um, unfortunately, the JF Brube experience lasted about nine minutes. I think he uh, it lasted six minutes and 26 seconds, actually. Uh, he allowed three goals. Uh, if any Malkin hit his 20th, uh, Evan Rodriguez scored, and then not long after that, Marcus Pedersen scored only his second goal of the season to uh, put put the Blue Jackets down 3-0. Uh, JF Brube 
I want to say tried his best, but honestly, I don't know that he did. On the flip side, the defense was the defense was it sure was six guys. Um, Andrew Peak, Gavin Bayrother, Jake Bean, Vladislav Gavrikov, Dean Kukan, and Gabriel Carlson were the defensemen. Zach Wierenski broke his nose against the Tampa Bay Lightning earlier that week, so he was missing uh, because he had to go get his nose set or unbroken or whatever they do to uh, fix a broken nose. So he was getting that done. Uh, Nick Blankenberg also missed the end of the season with an upper body injury. And uh, Adam Boquist also missed the end of the season. So not a not a super experienced bunch. Uh, I believe Vladislav Gavrikov was the vet, the wily veteran at uh, a big 202 NHL games played. This is the end of his third full season. So, uh, you know, the Blue Jackets did their best. Uh, Jeff Rubey allowed five. He made five saves on eight shots. Elvis Merzlikens would then go on to make 40 or 42 saves in the uh, rest of the game, which, uh, you know, I can do math. It was 54 minutes or 53 and a half minutes of game, uh, and he faced 42 shots, made 40 saves, Blue Jackets would end up pu- pulling back, scoring three goals of their own to make it 5-3, to three, and uh, just, fell, just fell short of being able to tie it up. Uh, goals came from just a Danforth, who hit double digits, which is extremely cool for him. Uh, the Penguins then answered back with Chris Letang, Brian Boyle, uh, Oliver Bjorkran and Gus Nyquist would hit power play goals. Uh, Gus Nyquist would finish the season with 51 points. Jake Varchuk would finish the season with 56 assists and six goals to, uh, I believe he would end up, I think he leads the team, he led the team in scoring, which is extremely funny uh, because it's, it just is. Um, I don't really have anything wildly profound to say about this game i just it felt very much like a game where ironically and this is something we talked about in thursday's episode the penguins had more to play for in this game than the blue jackets did the blue jackets were locked into their position for the draft lottery the penguins were still fighting for seeding in the eastern conference if they'd gotten a point against the blue jackets then they would have moved up taken the third seed and faced new york if they had not and washington had managed to uh win again win against uh, the Islanders, I believe they were playing, um, then they would have taken the third seed. Pittsburgh would have dropped into the Atlantic seeding and had to face Florida. And then if they made it through Florida, they would have to face one of Toronto or Tampa, probably Tampa. But, you know, we're not, we're not speculating on the playoffs just yet. Um, it's probably going to be Tampa, though. But, uh, so yeah, considering this was a playoff team versus a non-playoff team, it meant more, this game meant more to the playoff team than the non-playoff team. I think that showed. I think the Blue Jackets did their best. I don't think this was a game that they were like, oh, we can't be bothered, we'll just phone it in. But it was a very tired, very young, very broken team after a very tough series and about a tough season. So I'm unsurprised. I would have loved if they could have pulled out the win, but unfortunately it... uh, it was not to be. The Blue Jackets finish the season. Uh, they are. Oh, I can't find the. St- I don't have the standings anymore because the standings are hidden. Uh, because it's playoffs now. Standings. The Blue Jackets would finish uh, nineteen points out of a playoff spot. They had eighty-one points on the season. 
in 82 games. They were 37, 38, and 7. They had a, minor, a goal differential of minus 38. And uh, they will, I believe they are locked into the, uh, the 12th spot in the draft lottery. So, which I believe makes them eligible for the second, for winning the second overall pick, but not the first. So... The lottery is later this week, so we'll see what comes of that. We're going to do a bunch more prospect profiles, you know, through the summer. The draft isn't till July, so we'll uh, we'll take a look at all of that. Uh, well, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna go away just because there's no hockey being played. We've got a bunch of stuff planned for the off season. Um, we're gonna do, you know, draft profiles. We've got some uh, grades to give out to players. We're going to do some analysis of the season at whole. Uh, a friend of mine has some really interesting goalie analysis that I want to spend basically an entire episode talking about because uh, I think it's really interesting and cool. So we'll uh, we'll be doing that at some point. Um, we're going to be doing a twenty five a top 25 under 25 uh, for the Blue Jackets organization. So I'll be picking the top 25 players under the age of 25 that are signed to a Blue Jackets contract. So uh, that's that's all coming up uh, later later this week, later this summer. It's it's all going on here at Logs on Blue Jackets. Uh, in a minute, we're going to touch on some of the things that were brought up in uh, exit interviews that I just wanted to kind of summarize, I guess, uh, and maybe maybe talk about a little bit. So that's what we're going to do in the next segment. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online. Because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, the start of the Major League Baseball season, and of course, the Stanley Cup playoffs. If you have not picked a team to bandwagon yet, uh, I cannot in good conscience recommend my choice, which is the LA Kings. But if you should want to do so, then uh, you can find the odds for that over at BetOnline. And uh, honestly... The LA Kings are the underdogs in this area, so maybe you should put some money on them. And, I mean, we all know what happened with Columbus and Tampa Bay back in 2019. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action, because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked On Blue Jackets. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Uh, there were a couple of things that came up in the exit interviews. There's always stuff that comes up, and it's always like, oh, I was my foot fell off in March, and I played on a wooden leg for the last 10 games of the season. There wasn't really any of that that came out with the Blue Jackets, but there was a couple of things that, that came out. One of them I wanted to really touch on was um, Elvis Munzlikens talking about kind of the, the struggles that he had this season, because obviously with the awful, awful accident that was uh, the passing of Batiste Kifletics, um Elvis had a really tough summer, and he came into this season, and he wanted to be good. He wanted to win the Vesna for Matisse. He didn't end up doing that. He did struggle a lot this season, I thought, which is expected when you, you know, a guy that you consider your best friend and your brother passes away suddenly uh, in front of you. I'm surprised that Elvis played as well as he did um and it came out that you know he has been really struggling this season with you know first of all with the cannon um the cannon going off is not something i had ever considered that might be a problem in that way but like looking back in hindsight i can see yeah that seems 
you know, I think that I, I really hope that someone from the organization comes out and says something about that because I want to believe that Elvis either didn't tell anyone that it was bothering him or they noticed it was bothering him and he was like, no, it's fine, I'll work through it. He says that he's fine with it now. It took him maybe, you know, five or six games to get used to the canon again. Um, but I don't want to believe that he kind of went to the organization and was like, hey, the canon is causing me a lot of, of stress and trauma. And the organization was like, but it's our brand. So I really, really hope that someone comes out and either asks Brad Larson, Yama and John Davidson about it in the next kind of the, the next few days, because I think that's something that's really important to address, especially in light of this new mental health campaign that the NHL has just launched, where, you know, talking, they have to talk about it. Um, I haven't looked a ton into it because honestly, I don't trust the NHL to talk about mental health in a way that is salient or important. But uh, we'll probably cover that later on this week when uh, when it is less um, less brand new and there are less there's less kind of going on. But um, so I wanted to touch on that because obviously, I think everyone has been disappointed with Elvis's play this season and I would be lying if I didn't say that I wasn't one of them. That's a lot of double negatives in that sentence. I thought Elvis was going to be better. I thought Elvis needed to be, needed to be better this season. I have not in any way kind of blamed him for that because obviously, you know, trauma and grief affect everyone in different ways and he's had a really traumatic and upsetting summer. And clearly, you know, the start of the season he struggled with aspects of the game um i know christmas eve was really tough for him new year's eve was even worse because obviously all of the fireworks um hopefully he can find somewhere to be on the 4th of july that is not going to be fireworks central um he might be in uh, finland for the world championships actually which i i really hope so because i want him to have a, like a safe environment where he doesn't have to listen to the fireworks all of the time and then think about how you know his best friend passed away uh, in front of him so that was that was something that I just really kind of wanted to to bring up was the everyone who kind of and this is not me saying that everyone who has been ragging on Elvis all season for not being good enough, just kind of a little bit of context in terms of you can't will yourself to be better from trauma. You know, everyone grieves at their own pace. I think Elvis maybe kind of underestimated how long it would take him to process this grief and this trauma. I fully expect Elvis Mosleykins to be back on his game next season. Um, and you could kind of see it at the end of this season. I thought he was fantastic for the last, you know, really from the from the California road trip on, I thought he was fantastic. Um, and that was the Elvis that I was used to. It's a shame that the team couldn't rally around him. But, you know, the the win against... Um, Edmonton, especially, was uh, that was the the big one. The win against Tampa Bay as well. You know, those were those were big wins, uh, big wins for Elvis as well. So you know, hopefully, that's a really good sign of him going into the summer, figuring out what he wants to do, or not what he wants to do. That's a really bad way of phrasing it. But I hope that he can use this summer to continue to process his grief and his trauma, and come back stronger because even though it's not about hockey I think a lot of Elvis wants to honor Kiv Lennox by playing and being the very best goalie that he can be uh, because Kiv Lennox can't 
can't do that anymore. Um, something else I wanted to, to touch on, which I found really interesting, was a lot of the players and the head coach as well have talked about how good this group is. This this team, they said, you know, they talk a lot. They talked a lot about how how much fun they had playing hockey this season, even though they didn't necessarily get the best results. They talked about how how tight knit the locker room was, how much of these guys all love each other. Um, Brad Larson got kind of emotional talking about how how much this team loves each other, um, and you know he was talking about Boone Jenner being absolutely crushed when his back injury flared up and he missed, um, you know, the last month and a half of the season, especially considering he was, you know, on pace probably for his first 30 goal season since 20, uh, 2015, you know, and after a, just a season removed from, I think there was something really wrong in the locker room last season. And I don't know whether it was Tortorella based. I don't know whether it was the players. I don't know whether it was that just this, the team was really bad last season and that kind of infected everything. But apparently the, whatever it was wrong, it's changed um, because so many of the players, obviously Jack Rossovic talked about how much fun he loves how much fun he has playing in Columbus. Sean Corelli says, you know, this is, this has been the best year of his life, getting to play in Columbus with this, these people. Zach Wierenski says that the room has never been better. Um, this is the most, the best room that he's ever been in, you know? And I think that, I thought that was just kind of interesting to note because I do, I do still wonder, you know, obviously there was a lot of departures over the last couple of seasons. And I wonder how much of that turnover has created the new room of, well, these are a bunch of guys that are kind of have come together through adversity. Um, you know, the guys that stayed, they all knew Kiv Lennox. They've bonded through that. Uh, they've come together for Elvis. Uh, Boone Jenner has really kind of been an exemplary captain for the Blue Jackets, um, bringing in all of these new faces, taking out some faces that, again, I'm not going to speculate about Pierre-Luc Dubois' situation, why he wanted to leave, whether it was Tortorella, whether it was the room, whether it was that he couldn't agree on a contract with Kekalina because they were playing hardball, whether he didn't like Columbus, whatever it was. Um, but the departure of Pierre-Luc Dubois, I have heard, and again, this is not, I don't want to, this is speculation, this is not me saying this is what happened. I've heard some rumblings that there was maybe a divide in the room between some of the older guys like Cam Atkinson and some of the newer guys. Um, obviously, bringing in Jake Voracek has been a massive, massive difference. Um, and I don't know, I don't know that the team would have been as good this year without Jake Voracek. I think he really kind of brought the team together. Um, and, you know, I know everyone's like, oh, you know, fun uncle Jake is, is you know, how I always think of him, how I think a lot of the players think of him. Um, I think he has a lot to do with how good the vibes were in this room just because he that's the kind of that's the kind of guy he is i think um so i i really wanted to, to kind of touch on that and talk a little bit about you know this is a group of guys that clearly all really like each other this is a group of guys that want to play for each other and it's just it feels like such a heel turn from where they were this time last season with the exit interviews you know it just it was a completely different tone i think everyone obviously they were sad not to be making the playoffs but everyone was like yeah this was the best year of my life um ken johnson talked a lot about you know 
this has been a dream come true. Uh, I don't know that he smiled because Ken Johnson doesn't really do that, but you know, it was a very kind of heartfelt moment from a player that I have found to be quite reserved and not super happy about being interviewed all the time. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see this group again next season. I would not be surprised if they don't. I think they're probably going to make some changes in the offseason, I think we'll see most of these players back, or I hope that we see most of these players back. Um, because, yeah, like like all the players have said, it seems like a really special group, and I do think that this is the beginning of something really great in Columbus. After a couple of disappointing seasons, it feels like they're kind of climbing climbing back up again, and that's that's just really great to see. Um, and speaking of, of new faces and things that are going to be different next season... We have a new boy, a new a new boy signed uh, literally this morning. Uh, so we're going to talk about the arrival of Karel Marchenko. But first, I've got to tell you about Built Bar. Because Built Bar is back. They are better than ever. And summer is coming. With summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. You can throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. I am doing a charity hike in the summer, and I will be taking Built Bars with me. They are healthy, delicious. There's no more sacrificing yummy food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. They've got a bunch of fantastic flavors. They've got banana cream pie. They've got raspberry. They've got double chocolate. Uh, They've got churro flavor, which is a locked-on network favorite, and so many more. So go to Built.com. Promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Once again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So, like I like I teased at the top of the episode, Kirill Marchenko is coming over to North America. I think this is, uh, this is something that has been in the books for a while now. I think uh, he is a really kind of highly regarded prospect. He's someone that I've kind of had my eye on for, a, you know, a year or so now. Uh, they signed him into a two-year entry-level contract, so that will kick in next season. And 114 career games with uh, the KHL. He had 34 goals, 30 assists, and 64 points in total with Jura uh, Kanti Mansik and SKA St. Petersburg. So, uh, second-round pick from 2014. He's only 21 years old, uh, and yeah, I'm... I'm super excited about this kid. I think the addition of a right winger like that, uh, where we've gone from being super deep on right wing to suddenly not having a ton of right wings. I feel like all of our right wings went to left wing to kind of combat the fact that we have no left wings and now we have no right wings left. But uh, to add him to the kind of the official prospect pool of the Blue Jackets, you know, you've got... Cole Sillinger, you've got Ken Johnson, you've got now, you know, players like Nick Blankenberg, um, Igor Chinokov, who I expect to take a jump forward next season, uh, joining players like Liam Foodie, who had a disappointing season this season, but I fully expect to have to have a bounce back year. You know, we're adding another really exciting prospect to this group. And yeah, I do think Blue Jackets are going to skew young again next season, just by dint of you know, having the youngest player in the league on the team. He probably won't be the youngest player in the league next season. Uh, that Unless no no 2022 draft prospects make the jump immediately, which seems unlikely. We'll see Shane Wright in the NHL next season, but that's beside the point. 
The point I'm making is I think the Columbus Blue Jackets are still going to be a very young team. Marchenko's only 21, so he's going to add to that that youth with uh, with everyone else. Obviously, it's important to remember that Anna Boquist is only 21. Jake Bean is only 23, you know? It's a very, very, very young team, and I think that's going to work to their advantage. And I think it's going to work to Marchenko's advantage as well, because he is a really solid player who I think will grow exponentially when he gets to North American ice, when he plays North American hockey and uh, starts his, I say pro career. He's been playing pro for a while now in the KHL, but I would be very surprised if he is not wearing a Blue Jackets jersey on opening night, frankly. Um, Obviously, you know, this all depends on how the summer goes and how training camp goes, but he's maybe the most regarded prospect since Elvis Musleykins, I think. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited. He, uh, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll try to do a, like a full episode on Marchenko, what he can bring to the team, what Blue Jackets fans can expect from him. Uh, we'll, we'll have one of my prospect friends, one of my prospect guys on to, uh, to talk about him later on in the week, hopefully. So, uh, look out for that. But as of right now, which I think just, a bit excited for this kid. He's he's gonna be a lot of fun, and honestly, like make a Marchenko Johnson Sillinger line and just let them go nuts. I think that would be neat and fun. I don't know if they'd be very good at hockey, but they sure would make a lot of things happen. Probably on both ends of the ice. So uh, you heard it here first. That's that's what I'm pushing for. I'm not. I'm I'm pushing for um, Johnson Sillinger. Bjorkstrand, but if I can't have that, then I will accept Johnson, Sillinger, and Marchenko as a line. And uh, that's kind of all I've got for you today. Uh, tomorrow, we will uh, take a look at... Tomorrow, we will take a look at some goalie stuff. Like I said earlier in the episode, I've got some uh, some really cool goalie stats from a friend who's been tracking specifically Blue Jackets goalies this season. And so we're going to get into that and look at, you know, finally answer the question, does the team play differently in front of Elvis as they do in front of Corpusalo? So so that's uh, that's coming up tomorrow. And uh, I've been Joe Foster. You can find me on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at locksonbluejackets at gmail.com. And until, uh, thank you once again for making this your first listen of the day or of any part of the day. Maybe it's your second listen. Maybe it's your 14th listen. I don't know. But uh, whenever you are listening, I appreciate you. Make sure you go subscribe on YouTube if you have not already. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.